0: We make low maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom, so we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com/Teams.
1: Welcome into the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast, Week Five of the NFL fast approaching a lot to talk about there it is Friday October 9th I'm Nick Whalen joining me today is RotoWire's own Chris Benzine Chris how's it going
2: not going too bad Nick not going too bad you're down in Chicago right now I'm up here but it's nice uh, it's nice to have a Friday here good good weekend up on deck here and uh, I'm excited to finally be done with the work week
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I am in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was doing some uh, some NBA work uh, down with 120 Sports on Thursday. So I'm currently recording from uh, a, a dear friend of mine, Adam Haldeman, recording from his bedroom right now uh, at his house. So we apologize if the audio isn't quite as good as it usually is, uh, you know, as we as we typically record in the RotoWire studio. Uh, so a little echoey here. Uh, he he lives actually like a block from Wrigley Field, so I'm kind of in the shadows of the friendly confines right now, which also means that the L runs like right by here. So if you hear uh, periodic train noises every 10 or 15 minutes, uh, that would explain why that is. So like I said, we're going to be switching over now to mostly NFL on this podcast, pretty much exclusively NFL um, You know, for the next few weeks. Once the NBA season starts up, we might mix in some of that. But with it being the baseball postseason, just not as much DFS action going on there. So much more to talk about in the NFL. Speaking of MLB, though, Chris, uh, I, I know we're both keeping an eye on this game, and, and we have been throughout the afternoon. As we record, it's 4-4 Rangers-Blue Jays. as they, They're in the bottom of the 12th, the game that just won't seem to end. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. That Toronto crowd has been completely jacked up, as they were in Game 1.
2: Yeah, definitely. Playoff baseball definitely brings a different atmosphere to the ballpark. I mean, sometimes over the length of a 162-game season, it can get pretty uh, dull in some of the stadiums after a while. Sometimes the excitement leaves stadiums. But when it, when it gets to the end of the season and base, uh playoff baseball, gets, it gets to be pretty exciting to not only watch on TV and stuff, but especially in the stadiums, they get pretty electric in there. I know I went to a, a Brewers playoff game, when they uh, made the playoffs back, the first time when they played against the Phillies, I went to one of their playoff games, and that was one of the most electric uh, experiences I've had at a sporting event that I've ever gone to. So that was pretty exciting and definitely an exciting time around baseball for teams that are still alive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that, like I said, that crowd in Toronto is going to be tough to top, especially with the roof closed. Um, on Friday. That that dome was rocking with that Donaldson home run in the first and, and some of the plays that Tulewitzki made out in the field. Quickly, before we get into our NFL uh, value plays for the week, what is your dream World Series matchup right now? In in a vacuum, what teams does Chris Benzine want to see playing each other at the end of October?
2: Well, I definitely don't want to see the Cubs. The, the Cardinals, I guess, would probably be the top one I don't want to see. Cubs would probably be a close second. Uh, and then we got the Dodgers and the Mets. I'd probably, probably go maybe Mets just because I dislike them the least. And then uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would like to see maybe Houston just to throw a wrench into things randomly. I mean, they they just came out of nowhere this year. They weren't expected to be that good, and all of a sudden they're they're in the playoffs and they have a chance to run through it, just much like the uh, the the Royals did last year, kind of came out of nowhere last year and it's the same uh got the potential for the same kind of thing with the Astros this year if they were to make the World Series so that probably would be my favorite I mean I could also see the could also be in favor of the Cubs making the uh, the World Series and then losing, just to see Cubs fans <laughs> have the heart wrench once again.
1: You, just... I think you are much more of like a <laughs> Brewers homer than I am. I'm I'm not a huge Brewers fan myself. I guess obviously uh, we are based in the Madison area, so that that explains that. Um, but I think it'd be a cool story for the Cubs. I think I'm I find myself rooting for them as a mostly impartial. MLB fan I think that's this is the story everybody wants right I mean I think the Cubs winning it this year or whether it's this year or the next couple of years I, I think you know they're going to be in contention for at least the next four or five years it would seem with this roster but I think them winning the World Series would be a bigger story and, and a bigger deal than it was when the Red Sox won it in 2004 do you agree with that
2: yeah I would definitely I mean they've been it's and over a hundred years since they won a World Series, and but I just like to see that streak continue. Like I, I just like seeing that. Although the uh, back to the future part two did predict the Cubs would win the World Series this year. So uh, if I mean that would at least make a interesting storyline for the, the World Series if the Cubs were at least there. So that would, uh, the guy who made it apparently was a the writer was a Cardinals fan, made it as a joke, but uh, could come true, and that would be pretty. Big coincidence, considering uh, made it like nineteen eighties, mid nineteen eighties. So, but- I, I
1: think you know my my reputation around the office as someone who's never never watches movies. So, I have not seen Back to the Future. Um, so I, I mean, I've heard obviously about the the prediction there. So, that's an interesting wrinkle uh, into the Cubs postseason fortunes. Let's get into the NFL Week Five value plays. We'll start with the quarterback position. Aaron Rodgers once again the top price quarterback uh, for the fourth straight week. Um, it's going to be 75 and sunny in Green Bay. Perfect weather for that Packers team going up against the Rams. Um, obviously, like I said, he's the top price guy. So if you want to pay up for a quarterback, a guy like Rodgers, maybe a guy like Brady, who's the second highest, just $100 cheaper than Aaron Rodgers, those are two ways to go. Who are some of the other quarterbacks that you're looking at?
2: I'm just looking at a couple of injury guys. Jay, Jay Cutler is questionable this weekend again but i mean he played last week and he seems a good bet to, There's seems unlikely that he won't play again this week there's nothing really that set back or anything he's he has one of his targets elshawn jeffrey again he's questionable he's been in he's been out most every week except i believe the first week was the only time he played and it's if if jeffrey were to play i, I do like I and mean, the chiefs defense has allowed over 300 passing yards in each of the last two weeks albeit it it was to Aaron Rodgers and Andy Dalton so those are two of uh two quarterbacks that are lighting it up right now uh but they did also give up 298 yards to Houston often uh through uh in the air as well and uh they've been weak at cornerback they did get a cornerback back this week I believe yeah a cornerback back this week um from suspension they got Sean Smith back and it should solidify their secondary a bit more but they still have some issues back there and if Jeffrey plays, I would like Cutler a little bit more. He's, he's at 5,300 on DraftKings, and the minimum for quarterbacks is 5,000. So he is just above that minimum there, and he's, he's a pretty good, I think, value play there if you're looking for somebody. Um, Mike Vick, again, He he's starting in place of Big Ben again, obviously, because he's out. Um, he was 19 of 26 passing last week, 124 yards only, though, and one touchdown. Uh, but he did add 33 yards in the ground, which is definitely uh, a big part of his game. Uh, I he will be facing the Chargers this week. They've generally been good against the pass this this year, but uh, they did give up over a hundred yards rushing in the last each of the last three games. And we, as I mentioned, Michael Vick can still run. And then you also have uh, Drew Brees. He's at seventy-two hundred. He's facing the Eagles in Philadelphia. I mean, Sam Bradford's probably a good option in that as well. But uh, he came back. He came back from an injury lap for three hundred fifty-nine yards and two touchdowns against the Cowboys. And he'll be going against that fast-paced Eagles offense, probably meaning more possessions and more plays. So there's definitely potential for some uh, point totals to to boost there. And he appears to be kind of locking in a little bit again. Uh, he, he did miss that week. But he's, I believe, two times this season already. He's had over 350 yards passing. I believe last year he's had some struggles. But he seems to be in a groove again. I, I kind of like it. Uh, I kind of like him again this weekend against the Eagles. Um you also have uh, Jameis Winston versus Blake Bortles in the weekend. They're both at 5,100. You're a Jags fan here, so we'll see if that uh, plays into your opinion at all. But which of those two do you like facing each other this weekend?
1: Man, you can't be outing me as a Jags fan on the national podcast. Jeez. Um, that's a good question. And this is a matchup that I think I – mean, i I'm in a couple pick leagues, and I think this is basically 50-50, and most people would probably agree. Jameis Winston coming off of a week when he threw four picks – Blake Bortles coming off of a week when he lost to Matt Hasselbeck, who all of a sudden is 2-0 now, uh, so maybe that doesn't look quite so bad, but still, Matt Hasselbeck is old, and Matt Hasselbeck should not be beating Blake Bortles I don't want to be rostering either of these guys in daily, uh, I think that goes without saying, but you know, I, I, the Jags' D isn't bad uh, it's not great, but it's not bad, and I, I think Jameis Winston is a little bit more mistake prone than Blake Bortles, so you know, maybe it is my my Jags fandom playing into this a little bit, but I think Bortles is a little bit of a safer pick. Uh, I think maybe Jameis Winston has the potential to have a bigger game, but you know, I think if if you're gonna bank on you know one guy to, to maybe get you, uh, you know, the most the most average value, I guess, and and not have a, a week where you just really have a terrible week at the quarterback position, I think Bortles is that guy. Um, a couple other quarterbacks that I wanted to, to touch on before we go into guys that we want to avoid. Um, I like Peyton Manning this week. He's going up against an Oakland secondary. That's the second worst in the league. And I don't want to say I like Colin Kaepernick because that, that would be completely wrong and inaccurate. But if he's going to revive his season, and honestly possibly his career at this point, the way the way things have just kind of fallen off the cliff for San Francisco since beating Minnesota in week one, this is the week that Kaepernick's going to excuse me, going to have to do it. They're going up against that Giants defense, by far the worst pass defense in the NFL. They're allowing more than 350 yards per game through the air. And, you know, Kaepernick's a guy that you look to get you points and yardage on the ground, but... You know, if he's if he's going to become uh, or, or have a game where, where he does throw the ball well, and we haven't really seen that quite this year, this is the week that it's going to happen. So, you know, if you're in a situation where you're deciding between you know Kaepernick and a bunch of other low end quarterbacks, this is the rare the rare matchup where you say he might have some pretty decent upside. Um, Kirk Cousins is another guy I like. Very odd home road splits for him. He's on the road this week against a, a, an undefeated Atlanta team, but he passes for over 100 yards more per game on the road than he does at home. Obviously, that sample size is fairly small, uh, but you know, I think, I think it's a, t- a total of 20 games or so, so something to keep an eye on. Uh, again, not a, not a huge sample size and probably not something you want to bank your week on, but an interesting tidbit nonetheless. And you know, opposing him is Matt Ryan, a guy who's still the seventh highest priced quarterback at just 6,700 and you know a guy who's been able to put up big numbers you know I think the last two weeks we've seen Devontae Freeman end up with six rushing touchdowns he's not going to do that again this week and I think those those points maybe get redistributed more toward the air game Julio Jones was limited in practice that's a little bit of a worry for Atlanta but it sounds like he's going to play Leonard Hankerson's going to play they've kind of vowed to get Roddy White a little bit more involved I think that's a good sign and you know i think a lot of people are still a little bit skeptical about this atlanta team just because of where they were last year and you know the inconsistencies that they showed but they just put 42 points uh almost in the first half on houston last week and and that's not a great texans team but this is this is a falcons offense that i think is bordering on great
2: at this point yeah i mean they're they're definitely putting up big points on a weekly basis um unfortunately i mean it Julio Jones is a listed as questionable for that game, but uh, there's—I I highly doubt he's going to miss it. I mean, he's just kind of been suffering through little bumps and bruises, whatnot. But it seems he's not expected to miss the game. So definitely, I mean, without him, it could be, could be, some trouble. But uh, assuming he plays and he's healthy, that Matt Ryan definitely could again lead another big attack again on Sunday.
1: All right, any other quarterbacks that you want to touch on uh, before we move on to the running back position?
2: Yeah, I'll just touch on a couple ones really quick. A couple guys that I feel like should be avoided potentially this weekend. Uh, one guy, Tyrod Taylor. He's, both Carlos Williams and LaShawn McCoy have already been ruled out for that game. Sammy Watkins is also questionable. And they're facing a Titans defense that hasn't allowed more than 245 passing yards this season. There's not a ton of options out there. They'll have Percy Harvin and Charles Clay would p- potentially be the top two uh, target guys for Tyrod Taylor this weekend. And just looking at that, combined with the fact that Tennessee is pretty good against the pass, I'd probably be prone to avoid him in uh, in daily. Another guy, Marcus Mariota, he's on the opposite side of that game. The Bills have allowed a lot of points to quarterbacks this season, but uh, most of them came against the Patriots when they gave up uh, a lot of points in that game. Marcus Mariota has been pretty good himself, but uh, in the three games he's played, the outputs have come against the Colts, the Browns, and the Bucks, all of whom do not have great defense, uh, and he doesn't have a lot of great receiving threats on that team. There's not really a bunch of standout guys that I look at. And uh, considering his price, uh, Sam Bradford is at the same price as he is on DraftKings, So, and I would much prefer to go with Bradford at that price than I would to go with Marcus Mariota.
1: All right, let's move on to the running back position. Le'Veon Bell, the number one price guy on DraftKings this week, he's at 8500 That's $700 more than the number two running back. That's Jamal Charles of the Chiefs. Le'Veon Bell should see a heavy workload. No Roethlisberger, of course, again for Pittsburgh this week. That means Michael Vick at the helm. He will get more time to prepare. Um, you know, obviously, he took over for Roethlisberger on uh, like the worst possible time for Pittsburgh with them playing a Thursday night game the following week, so he'll have a little bit more time to prepare. Um, but they're playing a stronger opponent in Kansas City, so I think they're going to lean a little bit more heavily on Le'Veon Bell, maybe not ask Michael Vick to make quite as many plays as they did at the end of that game against Baltimore. Um, so, if you want to pay up, you know, Le'Veon Bell is going to cost you. He's at 8500 like I said. Booby Dixon, I think, is the big name to watch this week. There are a couple of them, but Dixon, minimum price guy at $3,000. Of course, that's not going to change before Sunday. LaShawn McCoy has been ruled out. Carlos Williams has been ruled out. Are you expecting to see just massive ownership of Dixon this week?
2: Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, he's going with, to, with a lot of their guys ruled out already and Sammy Watkins questionable for that, I mean, they could definitely stick with more on the ground there a little bit and if they do go to the ground it's going to be him there's not really any other options in that backfield so he's going to be the workhorse this weekend for the Bills when they do uh pound the rock and I just yeah he he definitely obviously see some good uh high amount of ownership there but it might be well worth it considering his price and the how much it can open up for you in other positions and how what the predict, projected output could be for him this weekend. So it might be worth the pick there. It definitely seems to be worth the pick there at, at minimum price.
1: Right. Same price as John Kuhn this week. So decision time uh, for a lot of players. Andre yes. Ellington, he's priced at 5300 this week. Um, I just don't trust that he's really going to get enough of a workload right now. And Chris Johnson, it sounds like they're kind of going to let him ride out as the primary guy for now just until that really doesn't work for them and you know they figure at some point maybe Andre Ellington takes his job back but I just don't know if it's this week he hasn't played since week one with that knee injury did practice in full on Thursday so it sounds like he's either healthy or close to healthy um, but still not really a situation I'm super crazy about I think I would rather trust Chris Johnson at $900 cheaper he's at 4400 again like I said Andre Ellington at $5,300 uh, in that Arizona backfield Todd Gurley seems to be priced pretty low right I mean 4300 I know they have uh a green bay defense that's played pretty well but that defense has been better against the pass than it has against the rush green bay's allowing the 10th most rush yards per game uh so it's not not terrible but certainly not great either i mean well below league average and Gurley's priced down at 4300 i mean that seems like a pretty fair deal right
2: yeah Gurley. I, i could definitely see Gurley just starting to take over in the backfield there he's uh He's definitely the best of the the backs there. I mean, there's a reason they took him in the first round as the first running back off the board. He's he's definitely one of the special running backs. I mean, there, recently there haven't been a lot of running backs going in the first round, and now that he's healthy or at least closing in on healthy, he he should take over the larger portion of shares in that backfield and and he's showed in the first week back that he's able to be effective. Uh, I believe he he rushed for hundred and forty six yards on the ground there so
1: yeah something like that
2: that was yeah so on 19 attempts 7.7 yards per carry and he has the ability to catch the ball in the backfield so definitely seems like a a guy that might be worth owning even at that price there
1: right especially at that price and a guy who probably could have had more yardage in that game towards the end uh he he ended up kind of tackling himself i guess on a couple runs when they were attempting to run out the clock so Big production potential there. Uh, It's going to kind of depend how often he's on the field. You know, if if Aaron Rodgers and company are able to control the time of possession and able to control the ball in this game, Gurley is obviously going to be limited. Justin Forsett, he's at 5,800 going against an AFC North. Division foe, that's Cleveland. They're allowing the second most rush yards per game behind Miami, and Miami's on bye this week. So, you know, if you're looking to target one defense in week five, Cleveland might be that defense for set has obviously been a bit of a disappointment thus far. Um, but coming off of a strong game against Pittsburgh could be another opportunity to turn in some big yardage against that second worst Cleveland rushing D. Marshawn Lynch has been ruled out. Uh, that just happened within the last hour or so as we record around four o'clock. Uh, local time, Central time, that is on Friday. So he's the third highest priced running back. That's not going to change at seventy one hundred. Um, you know, obviously, anyone who's kind of keeping up with these things will know not to not to roster him. But his replacement is going to be Thomas Rawls again. He's priced at thirty eight hundred. Probably going to be a lot of ownership there, similar to Booby Dixon in that situation. You know, Rawls sixteen carries for one hundred and four yards against Chicago two weeks ago, and then seventeen carries for just forty eight yards against Detroit on Monday night. I mean, is he a guy that you're looking to target this week, or are you a little bit worried that, you know, that that game against Chicago is a bit of a fluke against a a pretty bad Bears D? I
2: mean, uh, it's a bit questionable going into that game whether or not he's going to be effective, but he should, again, see at least a lot of carries there. There's not a lot of options anymore because not only is is Marshawn Lynch going to be unavailable, but Fred Jackson seems highly unlikely for that contest as well. So this time around, it. He seems like there's a potential there received nearly all the carries and that could lead to production. I mean, the Bengals defense has given up a fair amount of points to running backs this year. So if, if we're looking at running backs that, that could still give you some points. I mean, he, he's still a pretty decent price at 3,800. So there's definitely potential for some points there and he, he will, should get volume. The question is whether or not he'll actually be able to produce this time around. I mean, the Seahawks offensive line has had some issues. They've, uh, They haven't, uh, performed up to par so far this year. So it's more of a question of whether or not that offensive line is going to be open up some holes for him. And if he's going to be able to actually gain some yards this, uh, this time around.
1: All right, let's move to the wide receiver position. Um, a couple of injuries that we're keeping an eye on, we already touched on a couple of them. Julio Jones is questionable, although you know likely to play. He's been listed as questionable the last few weeks. I think that's just kind of a precautionary listing by the Falcons. Demarius Thomas, questionable with a neck injury. Uh, that happened in Sunday's game, ended up coming back into the game. So another guy that, that looks like he'll probably end up playing, Randall Cobb, also listed as questionable with a shoulder injury. I'm assuming this is the same designation, You know, kind of going back to that preseason Uh, injury that he suffered in week two of the exhibition season it sounds like that's also precautionary and Alshon Jeffrey maybe the most questionable of these four probably going to end up being a game time call and I think he could end up missing his fourth straight game correct
2: yeah that that seems like that would be the case because he I believe he played in the first week and he hasn't played since so it might it seems like he'll probably be a game time call for that game it's probably obviously a better chance as he sits every week there's a better chance that he'll play but again it's probably a true game time and decision thankfully that game's a noon game so by the time that game kicks off you should already know his uh, uh by the time the the lineups are beginning to lock at the beginning you should know his status for the game
1: right and that is big give me a couple guys uh non-injured guys healthy receivers that you're looking to target this week
2: yeah among the top guys a lot of them like I said they're, they're injured you got Julio Jones up there like you said he, he's he been dealing with some issues obviously he's still probably pretty productive um, you have Antonio Brown but he's got Mike Vick probably throwing him the ball and he's, his production has dropped a bit there uh, he's the third most expensive and I'm going to go in the middle of those two I, I like Odell Beckham again this week I, that San Francisco secondary has given up a lot of a lot of passing yards recently and, and uh, it could definitely be the case again this week uh, he's he has been up and down a little bit last week he only had 5 catches for 38 yards but uh, at home this season he's still been pretty good he's got 14 catches for 225 yards and two touchdowns in two home games this year, and Eli Manning in general is better at home, so I I think he's a better option there. Uh, he's a better option when the Giants are playing at home, and that's definitely the case this. Uh, that is the case this weekend. In the game is in uh, New York, so I could definitely see him having another big week here in uh, Week Five. All right. All
1: right, so another guy I know you like this week is Keenan Allen. He's priced at 7200 on DraftKings. A guy who's seen a high volume of targets this year. Not a ton of other options in that San Diego offense, although Antonio Gates will be back this week. Um, do you like Keenan Allen week five?
2: Yeah, for sure. I definitely uh, I think he could put up another big point total. I mean, he's another guy that he's had a touchdown in each of the last two weeks, I believe, and he had two touchdowns a couple weeks ago. I mean, he's had multiple games of over 10 targets gets or sorry over 10 in multiple games and over 100 yards receiving he he's another guy that's been a little hit or miss he's a little cheaper though at 7200 there and uh they're playing uh a pittsburgh secondary that uh they've been good against the past the last couple of weeks but they've really been facing baltimore and and st louis in those two games and neither of those two passing attacks i mean baltimore steve smith went down in that game with an injury that they, they didn't have Crockett Gilmore either they were really they don't really have a lot of depth at receiver so they didn't really have much going for their passing attack and St. Louis in general just doesn't have a lot neither of those passing attacks are very impressive so that might have played into a big reason why they were actually pretty good defensively against the past last couple weeks and I could definitely see Keenan Allen having another breakthrough week again this this week and uh, against the uh, Steelers.
1: All right, let's move to the tight end position. Like we mentioned, Antonio Gates is back from suspension this week for San Diego. Ladarius Green was targeted six times in each of the three games he's played this season. So you kind of like where Antonio Gates, you know, he's a better, he's a better player than Ladarius Green, first of all. And then if Ladarius Green is getting those type of targets, um, you like to think that's kind of the, the baseline for Antonio Gates, uh, you know, with, with the potential to, to see many more than six targets per game. So I like him coming back. He's going to be fresh uh, when a lot of guys are banged up already. Julius Thomas could also be back. He's a guy who hasn't played since the preseason. Uh, we, we're yet to see him really integrated into this Jacksonville offense. He's questionable right now. Probably going to want to avoid him in week five, I would think. You know, even if he is cleared, uh, you know, might not see a huge snap load as he kind of gets back into the groove. The good thing with him is he's been practicing for a while. He, I think he's been back at practice on a limited basis for close to two weeks. Obviously, uh, they're watching the contact on that injured hand. So, the biggest thing for him is just the dexterity, getting the strength back in that hand and being able to catch passes and take hits to it. And the thing with them is they have Mercedes Lewis and they have Clay Harbor two two decent, uh, you know, serviceable, I guess is maybe the best word for both of those guys tight end. So they don't, they don't really need to force Julius Thomas back into action right away. Obviously he's a huge upgrade over both Clay Harbor and Mercedes Lewis, but I think week six is maybe when we'll see Julius Thomas be unleashed as a kind of one, a 1A option to Allen Robinson's one in that offense. Rob Gronkowski, no surprise, as, as he comes back from a bye week, priced fourteen hundred dollars higher than any other tight end. He's at seventy five hundred. Jimmy Graham, as usual, is number two. He's at sixty one hundred. Jimmy Graham, a guy that they've yeah, they've they've done a better job of integrating him, I guess, over the last couple weeks. But you still don't really love his role in this offense quite yet. Or, or do you feel differently?
2: Uh yeah. I mean, Jimmy Graham definitely. Has some uh, questionable offensive like outputs this week, this season. It seems like they, you'd think with him coming in there, that they would definitely game plan considering the other options they have at receiver. But uh, it doesn't seem to have been the case so far. And potentially with both of those running backs and like Lynch being out again, they may have to throw the ball a bit more. And if that's the case, hopefully Graham will be the guy, one of the guys they targeted. He, he could be, but uh, you can't necessarily count on that on a every week basis. So it's, it's something that's it's, it's chancy, but he's a guy that could, um, he could do well. And he, he's another hit or miss guy that he could end up putting up a dud for you. So it's a, it's definitely one that's a risky for tournament plays, but some guy that you might be worth taking if you, uh, if you believe he'll go off.
1: Right. Very true. Uh, two more guys I want to touch on as we finish up the tight end position, Travis Kelsey, he's the number three price tight end this week at 5,200. So, uh, a healthy $900 drop uh, between Jimmy Graham and Travis Kelsey. And then Martellus Bennett, he's $200 cheaper at 5000 on DraftKings. Those two guys are playing each other, Kelsey and Bennett, uh, as the Chiefs play Chicago. Is there one guy that you really favor in this matchup? I think if it's me, I favor Martellus Bennett. He's been their top target so far with Alshon Jeffrey out. And even if Jeffrey does play, he's probably not going to be at 100%. Um, which of those two guys do you really look at as the better option?
2: I would say they're both pretty even. I mean, the price obviously t- says that they're right. pretty close. Like they're expected to be pretty close there. And uh, I mean, if, if a Jeffrey ends up being out again, I mean, there's not a lot of options there defensively for, uh, or not defensively. Sorry. Not a lot of options for Cutler to go to. So he's definitely just having him. There's probably a boost to uh, Bennett there. Cause he's one of Cutler's favorite targets probably. So, I I think, and he had 11 catches last week in Cutler's appearance. I mean, that's definitely something that uh, it could be lead to again a, a high volume of targets for him. And but Kelsey's also remains a big part of that offense. But I, I, yeah, like you said, um, I I might be leaning towards Martellus Bennett this week, especially if Alshon Jeffrey does end up missing that game, because I feel like he could be being for another high volume of targets this week.
1: Right, exactly. And that's the name of the game, just getting those targets. Um, you know, even on even in a bad offense on a bad team like Chicago, uh, a lot of fantasy potential in Martellus Bennett. All right, any other receivers or tight ends that you wanted to touch on real quick before we talk a little bit about team defense?
2: Uh just one guy I was just going really quickly was Willie Sneed for the uh, New Orleans Saints. I mean, he's he's minimally priced at three thousand this week, so and and he's actually seems to have taken over more of that second role there and if you want to pair one of the wide receivers he could be a potential pair with uh, Drew Brees if you decide to go with him at quarterback position he had six catches for 89 yards last week against the Cowboys and uh, with the potential for a lot of points in that game he seems to have taken over more of that second role from Brandon Coleman and could be I mean I guess technically it'd probably be like more of a third role behind Cooks and Colston but he's actually seen a fair number of targets there and uh he could be another guy that's just a sneaky guy that you could fit in there that um that could go off this week and pair with Drew Brees to potentially give you some some added bonus there.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's one of the top added guys uh, across most leagues, you know, as you look at fab bids and and waiver wires uh throughout the week and so definitely a popular guy in season long leagues and you know could be on the cheap uh great value play like you said on DraftKings or FanDuel. All right, let's talk about team defense real quickly. Not something we want to spend a ton of time on, um, you know, just because the prices are typically so close and, you know, there's just not a ton of variance. But this week there is, you know, more than usual, I would say. You know, you look at the bottom, the floor this year, is, or this week, excuse me, it's 2,200, the Saints defense going up against Philadelphia, which I don't know, I don't know why that's so low. I mean, the Saints defense obviously hasn't been great, but that Philadelphia offense doesn't really scare a whole lot of people either. Um, and then you look at the Seahawks at, up at four thousand, are the highest price. Um, I don't like the Seahawks this week just because I think this Cincinnati offense is for real, honestly. And, and you know you can say what you will about Andy Dalton, uh, but when he has AJ Green healthy and Tyler Eifert playing like this, and two running backs uh, that are seemingly you know equally effective right now, and Jeremy Hill, <clears throat> Jeremy Hill, excuse me, and Gio Bernard, I would just kind of stay away from that Seahawks. Deed. Do you feel the same way?
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a game that would scare a lot of people. I mean that $4,000 price tag, I I definitely think it would be worth skipping on them this week because that, like you mentioned, they have a lot of big guys there. They have like you said, Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill, and they have a lot of guys in that passing tech and Andy Dalton seems to be in sync with all of his targets right now. You got Eifert and AJ Green, Marvin Jones, uh, Mohammed Sanu. I mean, they have a lot of weapons in that offense and it's difficult to, uh, difficult to go with Seahawks this week without with any like trust especially at 4,000 and being the top price defense I would probably avoid them this week
1: are there any other defenses you know scrolling down the list on DraftKings that kind of pop out to you at all
2: um you seem to like the Jacksonville offense going against or Jacksonville defense a little bit going against the Buccaneers would you be willing to put put them in a daily lineup at 2700 right this week you're going against james winston who has thrown a lot of interceptions this year giving up a lot of points would you would you uh be willing to put them into a daily lineup
1: i mean i wouldn't feel super great about it uh it wouldn't be the worst you could do much worse i guess than starting any defense against james winston after those four interceptions last week the thing is, he's not going to throw four interceptions again against this Jaguars D that only has picked off one pass this season. So I don't think the upside is necessarily there with the Jaguars. They just don't force turnovers. Um, you know, Derek, or not Derek Harvey. Jeez, I can't believe I'm saying that. Send Derek Marks, uh, obviously still not quite back for them and not the sack artist that he was last season. So, yeah, they're, they're a decent option, more so because they're going up against such a, a mistake-prone offense in Tampa Bay, but I wouldn't feel great about, about going with that Jacksonville defense or that Tampa Bay defense this week. Um, but, you know, like we said, it's, it's just so tough to pick team defenses. There's always a couple you like each week, and after that, everything's just kind of in a mix of, meh, it you know, you, you could go either way. And, yeah, I kind of like San Diego this week going up against Mike Vick. You know, you obviously like to target backup quarterbacks. Um especially a guy like Vic, who's relatively new to the system. But, you know, if, if you took the Houston D on Thursday night in any contest against Matt Hasselbeck, that kind of backfired on you. And that just kind of shows uh, the fluid nature and the the kind of chanciness that, that team defenses present. But, you know, that's part of the game on DraftKings, and, and it makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, any other Team Ds that you want to talk about before we wrap it up?
2: Uh, there's nothing particular. I mean, the Packers' defense, is, again, we like said, has been pretty good this year. So they are facing the Rams, who haven't been particularly great offensively. So I could see the Packers putting up another good one. I don't want to s- try to speak from being a homer or anything, but uh, the Packers' defense has been relatively good. I mean, it's it's if they can get ahead and make the Rams pass, they won't be using Todd Gurley as much. Um, and they don't really have as many offensive weapons. I definitely see the Packers putting up uh, some points defensively. Uh, Other than that, there's nothing that I can see. Is there anyone else you'd like to touch on?
1: No, I think that should just about wrap it up. Um, The Blue Jays-Rangers game is still going on. We've made it through a full podcast uh, as the the baseball game still continues. Obviously, we'll be keeping a close eye on that and the rest of the MLB postseason this weekend, hoping uh, hoping I don't catch any Cubs fever being here in Chicago for the weekend. But we'll see. I can't really make any promises there. Thanks again, Chris, for joining me. Thanks for taking the time. Hopefully this audio quality turns out. Again, we apologize to listeners if it's not quite up to the usual standards. Like we said, we're recording remotely here using Skype on this Friday. Uh, good luck in all your daily contests. Good luck in all your season-long leagues, your survivor pools, your pickems, And one special happy birthday, Chris, to former Packers running back Deshaun Wynn, whose birthday it is today. I don't know how I saw that. I think somebody tweeted it uh, for whatever reason. But
0: happy birthday to Deshaun Wynn.